1: Just in time for spring wildflower season.
0: Jim, the hills of the gorge are alive right now with huge displays of yellow, purple, pink, red, and white wildflowers, adding a splash of color to the green of spring growth and the blue of Big River. You know, Jim, the Columbia River Gorge is already such a beautiful place. It almost seems unfair for it to get (laughs) wildflower displays this good.
1: I mean, all right. So fair or not, Jamie, uh, wildflower season in the gorge is here. It feels good, mind you. And wildflowers typically peak, right, between like mid-April and early June. So Mm -hmm. if you want to see them, uh, you know, folks out there listening, head out, make some plans, do it in the coming weeks. It is time. And- Well, it's hard to kind of go wrong, right, with wildflowers out in the gorge. There are definitely a few things folks should consider before heading out.
0: Yeah, Jim, aside from where should I go, you should also be asking yourself, when should I go Mm -hmm. to avoid the crowds? Mm -hmm. And what kind of rules and regulations are required when I'm out there? Because, look, wildflower season is obviously a very popular time for the gorge. But it's also a very delicate time for the ecosystem, So knowing when and where to go for good flowers is one thing, but you also need to consider how to behave when you're out there.
1: Yeah, and a lot of that is kind of your standard, don't pick the flowers, stay on the trail. But we'll get into some more of the intricacies of being good stewards of the landscape throughout wildflower season a little bit later in the show. But first, Jamie, let's kind of uh, zoom out a little bit. We've said the timing for peak wildflower season here in the gorge is like mid-April, so about now, to early June. But can we get more specific here?
0: Yeah, and I mean, this changes every year depending on the the weather, the conditions. But typically you're looking at like that early May time is when you're going to see a lot of flowers in at least the more popular spots in peak bloom. And you also want to take into consideration that the wildflower season is going to range based on elevation, right? So some of the um, more alpine meadows up in Mount Hood Mm -hmm. or even higher up in the gorge, those are going to bloom a little bit later in the season, more towards June and even July. So if you want to do those lower elevation wildflowers, which is what most people are looking for there in the gorge, you're kind of looking at that middle to end of April, beginning to middle of May. That's kind of when I like to go out there anyway. And a lot of people like to go out there
1: too. Yeah, tis the season. I mean, what, Jamie, we're recording today on Friday, April 16, so smack dab in the middle of April. You'll be listening to this probably a a little less than a week from now or more. And uh, it is high time to kind of uh, pick out the lower elevation hikes uh, where you can go out and see really kind of amazingly beautiful landscapes, actually. And Jamie, you have kind of as our travel and outdoors reporter here at the Oregonian and Oregon Live, you have written just about every possible version of let's go see the pretty wildflowers (laughs) story. I mean, we could go back every year that you've been in this position, and you've written at least one version of this story. So I really do feel like I'm talking to an expert here on the show. Walk us through it here. Maybe some of the best, some of your favorites. I'm going to defer to you just because simply you haven't wrote the book on it. Well, you kind of have done that too, but you've written a heck of a lot of stories
0: (laughs) on it. Yeah. I mean, there there is a lot to know about wildflowers in the gorge. And I mean, there are people um, who have written the book on it, um, Pacific Northwest Wildflowers. Um, If you want to get into the specifics of what kind of flowers and what kind of uh, environments they bloom in and all that stuff. What I have looked into and gone out and done myself are what are the most popular and some of the best places in the gorge to go and find those wildflowers. Mm -hmm. And so, like we said already, there's a lot of interest into going into some of these beautiful landscapes this time of year. So a lot of the popular wildflower spots are naturally extremely popular, Mm -hmm. but for good reason. So... When we think about these places in the gorge, um, we're talking about places in the Oregon side and on the Washington side where you have typically um, these, these wider open hills or meadows that are overlooking the river. So just to name a few here, um, Dog Mountain is one that I think a lot of people know about and talk about. You get some beautiful blooms up there all along Dog Mountain. Um, you also have Rowena Crest which is a great spot that's also home to the Tom McCall Wildflower Preserve. Just some of the best blooms I've ever seen have been there at Rowena Crest. Um, You have Mosier Plateau in the town of Mosier, which is one of the newer wildflower hikes. A really nice sort of smaller spot to go to with some really, really nice views looking over the river. And, Jim, one of my favorite spots is Dalles Mountain Ranch, which is Mm -hmm. actually not in the Dalles but across the river in Washington, uh, and that's a, a sort of a larger, wide-open space that has really nice views of Mount Hood, some of the other Cascade Peaks, the river, and just spectacular blooms of wildflowers, too.
1: I mean, basically, from that list you rattled off, Jamie, you're not going to go wrong by picking any one of those. All of them are going to be beautiful. But you've alluded to this, more than alluded to it. You've outright said it. These places are also going to be what I would kind of say slammer busy. People are going to be... <laughs> All over this right now. And to kind of have the most nature-filled experience or solitary experience, an experience where you're able at least to have some of your own personal space, it's probably best to be a little more choosy than maybe even normal uh, when picking when to go out to these places.
0: Yeah. And I mean, this time of year, these places are going to be packed pretty much seven days a week, I would guess. Yeah. So uh, a weekday obviously is going to be better than a weekend. Um, showing up either first thing in the morning or a little bit later in the afternoon or evening, probably later towards the evening, is is your best bet as well. But I I think like we talked about with some of these other episodes Mm -hmm. about overcrowding is have your plan B, C, and D so that if one spot is full, you have another spot to go. Because, look, a lot of these places – may have good parking, but a lot of these places do not. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Mosier Plateau, for example, at least the last time I was out there, had a really, really small parking area. So unless you live in Mosier, there's there's not a lot of good places for you to park to access that place. You know, spots like Dog Mountain, obviously now in peak season on the weekends, mm-hmm. you have to have a permit just to even hike up there, uh, which reduced some of the crowding on its trailhead parking lot. So this is a classic example of, you know, when you go out there, you want to make sure you're not parking illegally on the sides of the roads like a lot of people end up doing, risking getting yourself towed, uh, making it hard for traffic to pass. So making other plans for other spots to check out is a great way to make sure that, you know, if your first choice is full, hey, you got a second choice there. So you make sure you get some kind of wildflower action while you're out
1: there. Totally. And... We're going to hit in the second part of the show here, uh, some under the radar spots uh, on the Washington side of the gorge. So stay tuned for that. But Jamie, one of the things that I think is really interesting and fun going out into nature and something that's admittedly a little bit of a blind spot for me is kind of knowing the maybe it's the birds that are, you know, chirping and flying around you or the foliage that's around you. In this case, the actual kinds of wildflowers you're seeing. Right. So you can say, wow, that's a really pretty, beautiful purple flower. Or if you're like, well, you know, it's kind of cool to be able to say, oh, well, that's a very pretty purple lupin. Right. Or, Or whatever it is. So what are maybe some of the most popular kinds of wildflowers that folks are going to encounter out in the gorge?
0: Yeah, Jim, well, I, I feel you on on that difficulty in recognizing and identifying yeah. wildflowers. It's something that I've, I've only really been able to figure out as I've been um, trying to caption the photos I've gotten mm-hmm, out there mm-hmm. in these wildflower hikes. And I've had to say... Well, you know this is a specific flower, but it, you know it's super complicated. But you know, if there are a few common species that you are going to see out there that are easy enough to identify, so the first one that you are going to see everywhere is the balsam root flower, mm-hmm. and that is that you know yellow flower with a big head. You see a ton of yellow flowers somewhere; odds are that is the balsam root. So when you look at pictures of Dog Mountain um, or Ruina Crest, any of these places we just mentioned, the balsam root is everywhere. And typically mixed in with those yellow balsam root flowers, you're going to find those purple lupin flowers Mm -hmm. that are a little bit more conical in shape. They kind of grow in little bunches. Uh, You'll see them kind of waving these little streaks of purple in these big fields of yellow. So that's another one to look out for. If you see little patches of red, that's the red paintbrush flower. Mm -hmm. They're a bit shorter, smaller, but um, different species of those paintbrush flowers grow All over the Northwest. So you'll see them out on the coast. You'll see them up on Mountain Hood. You'll see them out in the gorge, just everywhere. And
1: add such a just beautiful splash of kind of variety Mm -hmm. uh, to any landscape. I really love when you come across some of those.
0: Oh, yeah. They're just uh, – there's something about the, the color red that they are. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. I can't even really put it into words, but I just really like it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's yeah. really nice.
1: You're allowed to just really like it, you know? And and <laughs> yeah. to kind of continue down the list here, too, I was fortunate. I did not go out looking for wildflowers uh, the other day, but I went on a nice long run in Forest Park uh, last weekend, and saw a bunch of trillium flowers uh kind of oh, in yeah. i think all right, so to go back to our conversation from last week, I think it was in it'd be the northern is it sector jamie uh sectors of the park units of the park uh, unit units I think of the park yes unit. out in the northern north unit of the park, I believe that's where I was anyway, did a run all snaking through uh you know a number of different trails and saw a lot of trilliums so for folks who don't want to or don't have the time to uh, leave the Portland area, if that's where they live, trilliums are on display now out in Forest Park.
0: The trilliums are such a great forest wildflower. We're mm-hmm. so used to seeing these these big meadow wildflowers like we've been talking about. I love going into sort of the dark, damp forest yeah. and seeing these white trillium flowers pop up everywhere.
1: Yeah, very beautiful, and just kind of uh, you know when you're you're used to kind of hiking through, like you said, the darker, damp forest. Uh, you know, even this time of year as things maybe start to dry out. It's a nice little burst of color, the white flower with kind of the yellow, you know, inside. I, I don't know my technical flower language, Jamie, but uh, it's it's gorgeous.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, there's um, just like we said, so many other wildflowers that you can see out there in the gorge and surrounding area. We obviously are not going to name all of them or even a ne- nearly all of them, but I would definitely check out the wildflowers of the pacific northwest book Mm. uh, by timber press and there's also a great website called pnwflowers.com that is just a database of wildflowers and if you know your your terminology a little bit there's a nice way to sort of search for the kind of wildflower you've been seeing and get a lot of information from there so definitely a good resource to check out And, you know, there are also some Facebook groups of folks who um, will put together reports of wildflowers out there in Oregon. So um, I utilize a lot of those to see if places are in bloom. Before I go out
1: there, mm-hmm. very smart and comes in handy if, say, you worked for a newspaper, news organization, and had to, <laughs> I don't know, caption a bunch of beautiful wildflower photos.
0: Yeah, I've I've <laughs> utilized that
1: the Pacific Northwest Flowers website a bunch of times for that exact reason. There you go. So, Jamie, we talked about this very briefly, kind of alluded to it earlier in the show, but one of the things that uh, we we kind of do want to discuss here. Is how to be a good steward of these landscapes. They're busy, they're fragile, and you know this time of year it's kind of particularly paramount—not that it isn't always—but to treat these places with a good amount of care.
0: Exactly. You know, it's really tempting to want to sort of trample out into the middle of the wildflowers to get a good picture for social media, but these are actions that definitely do damage to these ecosystems and you want to avoid that at all costs. Also, uh, a lot of spots do not allow dogs or any other pets to be out there in the trail for that exact reason. You know, I love dogs, but they are not always respectful of natural areas. Um, so check before you go to make sure that dogs are allowed before you take them. Because like I said, a lot of spots do not allow dogs there at all. Um, and then otherwise, you know, just making sure you do the other good stewardship actions. Um, you know, taking care of places, leave no trace, you know, take any trash with you. If you see some trash in the ground, maybe pick it up and make sure that if you're going to be relieving yourself out there, doing that responsibly.
1: And kind of one note as well as the COVID 19 pandemic continues on, uh, and these places are particularly popular for good reason. Trying to be mindful of others on the trail, you know, bringing a face covering, wearing that face covering when you're around other people, you know, just trying to be courteous because, again, many people do want to enjoy these spaces, and, uh, you know, it's uh, more comfortable and safer if you do so uh, kind of responsibly there. But all of that to say, Jamie, we are going to talk maybe about some places where we can try, attempt at least, to get away from some of the crowds, right after a short break. All right, folks, we are back talking about wildflower season in the Columbia River Gorge. We've talked about ways to be good stewards of the landscape, about when to go, where to go, and what you're going to see when you're there. Jamie, we also have a couple of spots that are maybe a little bit more under the radar that you might be able to eke out a little bit of solitude.
0: Yeah, Jim, you know, when looking to get away from the crowds that are in the gorge, my solution is just to head just a little bit outside of the gorge or a little bit farther away. And there you can find trails where there are definitely still lots of wildflowers maybe not the same kinds of views that you're hoping for at places like Dog Mountain, but they don't come with quite as many people. And the asterisk there is that there still may be crowds, there still may be people, but it is not going to be as reliably swarmed as some of these popular spots where everyone is going every year.
1: Yeah, Jamie, and I actually, as a testament to kind of a little bit of under-the-radar action, I think we have talked about at least two of these on the podcast, but I have not been to any of the three you have listed here. I have particular interest, however, in one of them, and that's the first one that I'm going to rattle off, Swale Canyon. Uh, you've written about this recently. You've been out there recently. I want to know about it because it's been on my radar, and I've been wanting to check it out.
0: Yeah, Swale Canyon is a great spot. It's somewhere that has been in my radar for a while as well. So the Swale Canyon is just one part of this really long-reaching Clickitat Trail, which runs 42 miles mm-hmm. through the hills of Clickitat County down to the tiny Columbia Gorge Town of Lyle. So this is just one stretch of that long trail, but Swale Canyon is, is well-known as sort of one of the most scenic stretches and one of the uh, more remote ones as well. So it takes a while to get out there. It took me about an hour and a half, two hours from Portland. Um, And once you get out there, you can hike pretty much as far as you want down the Klickitat Trail. Like I said, it runs about 42 miles in all, but only about 12 miles through Swale Canyon. So I did about six miles out, six miles back in for a 12-mile day and just saw a bunch of desert parsley, wildflowers, yellow and purple ones, Um, The hills above that area are known to just pop with other wildflowers throughout the year as well. And it was just a really nice, beautiful hike, you know, through sort of that transition from the gorge to the high desert, Mm -hmm. you know, where you get kind of that rocky, arid landscape. But it's still just abundant with life. And it runs there through a a long swale creek through the the canyon there um, on either side of it. And it's just a beautiful little remote getaway for those who want to just uh, something a little bit different, and also some place where they can get away from some of those huge crowds.
1: Yeah, it sounds like a really good bet, and a little bit of a pick-your-own-adventure type setup where you've got over 40 miles of trail to explore, doing as much or as little as you want, which is always a good thing, I think.
0: Exactly, exactly. And this is a great spot for mountain bikes as well. Um, it is open to hikers and mountain bikers, and I think horses too. Very cool. Um, so if if mountain biking is your thing, it's another spot to get some good miles in and maybe see a little bit more of that trail than you would
1: normally. Yeah, cover a little bit more ground a little bit quicker. So on to the next one, Jamie, the Weldon Wagon Trail, which – Am I wrong here in saying that this is, you know, a little bit kind of what, north of White Salmon, uh, the berg on the uh, Washington side of the gorge across from Hood River? Is that
0: right? That's exactly right. You basically go into White Salmon and just past it, and um, you'll find this um, little kind of tucked away trail. It was an old wagon trail that I believe was used to transport produce um, through those hills down into the gorge. And now it is a a hiking trail that kind of runs through the folded hills there. There's a great view of Mount Hood, and the hills just get covered in wildflowers if you're there at the right time of year. It's tucked away, so it's not nearly as crowded. Um, I wrote about it a few years ago, and a bunch of people were concerned that it was going to blow up and be really crazy popular, but I have not seen that be the case since then. I was out there on a weekend a couple months ago, and there were maybe, I think, two or three other cars at the trailhead you know and I think I was the only one by the time I finished so it it is definitely not um, a super popular site but it's got some great views um and I really just love uh, this little hike it's about four and a half miles it's not too hard um and you can just get in a nice day of hiking um, with some beautiful views to
1: boot sounds ideal honestly uh and Mm -hmm. to be able to be you know one of only a few at a trailhead these days is actually pretty darn cool and Uh, Further evidence, Jamie, that uh, by you writing about a particular place does not mean it will be immediately overrun (laughs) by uh, the hordes of uh, hikers and uh, walkers and folks out trying to enjoy nature. So plus one for your argument there. The last one on our list, Jamie, the last place we're going to shout out. We've shouted out a couple of times here on the show before, at least once, maybe a couple. The Lyle Cherry Orchard. Uh, Jamie, this is a spot that I know you really enjoy.
0: Yeah, it's a great spot. It's out there um, just on the kind of the far eastern side of the gorge. So I think it, the fact that it's a little bit farther out there and the fact that it's on the Washington side um, off of uh, Washington 14 means that it doesn't get, get nearly as much traffic as a lot of these other more popular areas. But it has fabulous views of the Columbia River. And again, it's at that spot where the gorge kind of turns into the desert, Mm -hmm. so you end up with this really cool landscape up there. Um, Apparently, I read this once, I have not confirmed this, but apparently this is where poison oak transitions into poison ivy, and you have um, species there that are neither poison oak nor poison ivy, but a hybrid of the two. So there's a little bit of a warning to watch out for those poisonous plants while they're out there. But for those who are interested in, in plant things, super fascinating.
1: Yeah, that sounds downright dreadful, though, I will say. Uh, <laughs> the, the actual hybrid there seems like, uh, you know, I already have a hard enough time trying to identify uh, kind of simple plants, uh, you know, here and there, let alone hybrid plants that uh, are both going to be a problem for me. So, uh, yeah. You know, I just wear
0: long pants. Yeah, that's, that's, true. that's my solution. That's true. I also
1: do the same. Just wear
0: long pants. But it's a really beautiful spot for wildflowers, too. Um, It kind of has that classic, you know, big sloping open meadow hillside where you get just um, a bunch of awesome blooms. So it is just a a really gorgeous spot. You can go up to the top and back in about five miles. But again, you know, there's some really nice views um, halfway up. So what I do a lot of times is just find a nice place to sit looking over the river and, you know, have myself a break there and call it a, you know, four, five, six mile day. So, again, kind of a choose-your-own-adventure spot. It, it has a, a, a nice big pullout off of the, the highway for a lot of cars, but honestly, Jim, I have not ever seen more than, like, two or three cars there. You know, again, it might change when it's, you know, really popular wildflower site or might get more popular now that we're talking about it. Ooh. But, you know, again, this is another one of these out-of-the-way places that you're not going to get the same crowds that you're going to see at some of these other places like Dog Mountain Or, you know, Rowena or Memelus or any of these other spots. Very good.
1: Well, Jamie, I think we've rattled off a number, a plentiful amount of options for folks. If anyone could hit everything we've talked about here today on the show, I would be darn impressed. But if you do, drop us a line. Let us know. That would be a very solid spring wildflower season effort, I must say. And until next time here on the show, folks, you can watch our videos on the Oregonian's YouTube channel. Follow us on Instagram at Peak Northwest and view all of our travel and outdoors coverage on OregonLive.com/slash travel. Please leave us a rating or a review if you enjoy the show. And if you want to support this podcast and our local journalism, please consider a subscription to Oregon Live. You can find details, of course, at OregonLive.com/slash pod support. This episode of the show is produced by me, Jim Ryan, alongside Jamie Hale and Dave Killen. Stay safe and happy travels, everyone. Until next time, we leave you
0: with this 10 Seconds of Zen.